0: Fake news and other negative online information can cause digital damage and tarnish your reputation in a heartbeat. But how do you stop it from destroying you and your business? My next guest says you have a choice. He's John P. David, author of How to Protect or Destroy Your Online Reputation. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel Kelchner. Giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Brought to you by Business M-O-L-L-C. John P. David is a master at helping people identify their personal and professional online vulnerabilities and showing them how to remove negative content as well as avoid and mitigate Digital Damage Through Prevention and Prescriptive Strategies and Tactics. After all, you've seen the headlines, the ugly tweets, the rants people leave on Facebook, on complaint sites, on hate blogs. It seems we have more electronic ways of being uncivil than ever before. And the problem is not just with the low level of discourse, but the lasting digital footprint that it leaves behind. It's happening on a daily basis, and if you're not keeping your eye on it, the Internet can easily become the judge, jury, and executioner of anyone's reputation, including yours. Those digital attacks and misinformation can cost you a job, a promotion, your marriage, and even your business. Actually, it happened to a friend of mine. He had a very successful medical practice, got drawn into a class-action lawsuit over his marketing practices. He won the case. But it took years, and in the meantime, he watched his business shrink from eight figures a year to seven figures a year to six and to five, all because the lawsuit kept turning up on page one of every internet search with his name. It got so bad, he started to pursue an alternate career. It's a classic example of someone not having any idea of how to protect their online reputation, and it caused him his business and his lifestyle. It broke my heart the day he said, you know, Hannah, I used to have money. That's terrible. So reputation management is an incredibly timely and timeless topic in today's digital world. Today's guest, John P. David, is president of David PR Group and a partner with online reputation management company WebFactCheck.com. He specializes in strategic communications program and represents both businesses and individuals with online issues. Besides his book, How to Protect or Destroy Your Online Reputation, his articles on online reputation management are regularly published in the Huffington Post and PR Daily. So let's bring him on now. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, John. Thank you for having me. It's delightful to have you. I am so excited about this topic because it is so, so timely. Fighting fake news, bad news, negative information, all that stuff on the Internet, it can really, really hurt you. And so I'm curious, when people come to you about this subject, where do you start your evaluation? Where do you begin?
1: Well, that's a great question. The the first thing and what I tell everyone is that every online reputation issue is a little bit different. And there's one of the reasons that I actually wrote my book was because I was learning uh, that I learned that there are different ways to solve different types of problems when it comes to, with online issues. And f- quite frankly, it's, it's kind of nuanced. You know, sometimes, sometimes it makes sense to, to kind of lay off and lay, lay low. Sometimes it makes sense to be aggressive. Sometimes it makes sense to, you know, reach out. To a website and engage with them. Sometimes it makes it's a it's a huge mistake to do that because each situation is a little bit different. Every website operates a little bit differently, and so the first thing we do is we just assess, you know, and like look. Let's look at the situation. What exactly are we dealing with here? And then um, what we do is we we look at it and say, okay, there's there's really, really three different. There's three main options. The first is to try to get something, you know, actually taken down. So, if there's a negative story or there's something written about you and it's on a blog site or it's involved with a like a corporate site of some kind or it's a pers- a person personal site that's run by an individual. You know, in many of those cases, you can reach out to the to that website and say, "Listen, this was posted about me." Now, maybe it's on a message board or maybe it's on a blog or whatever, and you reach out to the, per- to, the to the person who runs the website and you actually ask them would you be interested? You know, and would you be willing to take this down? Because what what this this information that's been posted about me is is inaccurate. It's potentially defamatory, whatever. And we've had a lot of success with this. And that, that we, you, sometimes you just ask the right person, ask the right way. Don't necessarily go in guns blazing, but ask the right way. Be you know, be polite, and and you can have get people to take things down. The other the other issue is that sometimes there are websites have uh, policies in place where you can get information um, where they won't necessarily take it off their website, but they may agree to remove it from the search engine index. So what that means is that the information will stay on their website, but they will make it basically invisible to Google and the other search engines, so then when someone looks for that information, they, they're they not going to find it on Google where you know we, we 99% of our searching is done, right? so there's a, that's the first one is try to get it taken down. Now, obviously, if something's written on in the New York Times, you ask them to, that you want to take it down, you know, it's, they're not going to take it down, you know, ABC News, CNN, or, you know, um, a lot of these you know, mainstream news sites. Um, the second option, or, or one, of the sec- one of the other options, this other option, is what we call suppression. And suppression is where you try to push the negative information down. So you flood the internet with positive or benign information about your about your topic or about the individual, and the idea is you try to push the negative information down off of page one onto page two, onto page three, as far down as you can as you can push it. And the idea being that you know ninety percent or something of people who search online they, they they really look for they rarely go past page one. And the problem with the suppression strategy is that. Is that the information is still going to be online? So if you're being checked out for for you know your dream job or for um, you know to to get a uh, you know, to get into college maybe or if you're just being uh, checked by a you know nosy potential father-in-law, you know they're going to look you know they're going to look past page one. Um, but suppression that, that's one tactic that does work. It's a popular thing, and we've done it successfully in many cases. Uh, and the last one. Covert ops of online reputation management, where we work with some folks who really understand how search engines work and how Google operates and how websites work, and there are situations when you can actually do a make a, a technical a, make a technical move. And you know, every website, every piece of digital content has to abide by lots of different rules and terms and conditions and things like that. And uh, we often look at those terms and conditions and look for ways to actually get content um, removed from the Internet, either at the hosting level or um, at the search engine level. So there's really three things you can do. One is kind of beg and plead and ask. Two is suppress and push down. And three is the covert or black ops of uh, online reputation management.
0: Black ops. My goodness. That sounds so sinister.
1: Oh, it's not sinister at all. It's just – uh, it's just it 's just another way of looking at it where every piece of online content has to abide by lots of different rules you know we 're used to you know the moment we decide we want to post something, you know we write a tweet or we post something on Facebook or you know we send a um, we put something up on our own blog we we're, we're we're used to it sort of instantly being online. The reality is that every piece of online content has to uh abide by lots of different terms and conditions I call them. The, they have to they have to flow through the conduits of the internet. So, you know, GoDaddy has conduits, and Google has conduits, and AT and T and Verizon and Network Solutions and all the internet companies have conduits. And they have all these rules and conditions that every piece of online content must uh, comply with. And a lot of times, information doesn't. And if you know kind of how to work that system and who to talk to and who to, which buttons to press, and in some cases you can get things um, you can get things taken down.
0: Fascinating little scary, but fascinating. (laughs) I'm curious, in your opinion and experience, who do you think is more vulnerable, businesses or individuals?
1: Well, it's kind of, it's kind of shifting, I think. Initially, you know, most of, most of my calls uh, have to do with, with individuals. And a lot of, you know, a lot of individuals get themselves in trouble. You know, they, they do, they, they make, people make mistakes. And, Calls from young people who've gone and you know done kind of silly things and it ends up getting captured online, or you have uh, adults who do something you know make a make a mistake and it gets kind of cataloged online and it causes them causes them problems. And so uh, there's a lot of individual instances, and those are and, and what ends up happening is folks have you know they 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 do something, they make a mistake, and then that mistake is, follows them digitally, and then they have to go and uh, next time they're looking for a job or next time they're gunning for a promotion or whatever it is, then they have to answer these questions about why is there this negative story about them on the Internet. And I would say that that was initially when I first kind of started in this, uh, started in this business, that was the majority of the, ca- of the cases. But at the same time, there were always business matters out there. And in fact, my very first online reputation case involved a, a corporate client that was dealing with a person that I would call kind of a rogue blogger and uh, it was definitely a corporate matter, and I think that it's also shifting that way because, really, one area that every business has to be aware of is online reviews, and online reviews can impact, I think, almost every business. And we've for for a number of years, you know, we've been watching as you know websites like TripAdvisor and uh, Yelp have had a had a major impact on businesses, but we mainly look at them in terms of like hospitality, you know, like Yelp is a source for what you, you know, for like restaurants, for example. And TripAdvisor, you know, we go on there when we're looking for information about hotels and attractions and things like that. Um, but the online review industry has grown uh, significantly. Both TripAdvisor and Yelp are publicly traded companies. Their goal is growth they're, and so they're expanding uh, in, in many different ways, and one of the, one of the ways is that they're they're looking to, uh, to to offer reviews on all types of businesses. So basically, any business can be reviewed on Yelp, and uh, and I think that businesses now have a major vulnerability there if they're not paying attention to uh, online review sites.
0: Well, let's say you have a business and you got some negative reviews on Yelp, that may be you don't agree with or there's a good explanation for it but of course your side of the story isn't on there just the upset customer or client how do you recommend somebody deal with that
1: yeah i mean that's um there's a couple of there's a couple of key things here the first is that any uh, any business can be reviewed on yelp and so what happens is that you that you don't have it, just because it's your business doesn't mean that you're going to control the the Yelp page. So if you're ignoring it, and I, for example, I had, I talked to a guy a couple of months ago who had a, I think he was a, in the glass business, like mirrors and glass and shower enclosures and stuff like that. And he says, I have this negative review on Yelp, but I'm not even on Yelp. And I said, y- well, guess what? That's kind of how, that's where the real vulnerability lies is that, you know, you, you have a customer comes to your business and, you know, either they're they're happy or they're sad. They want to go. They go to a site like Yelp, and they don't see a listing for your company. They can create one, and they just plug in the publicly available information. What's the address? What's the name? What's the phone number? And they can create a Yelp listing for your company. And Yelp, they don't kind of go out of the way to notify you of this. So, you know, the guy, the case of this guy with the glass business. All of a sudden, there's a Yelp listing for his glass company. Got his customer created it, and then the next day, his customer went back and he wrote a negative review about him. So the main thing is, is that with online review sites is engagement. That's the term that everyone's going to be hearing more and more about, and it's really important that you engage with these review sites. So sites like Yelp and TripAdvisor, they make it actually pretty easy for business owners. Um, you claim your por- your profile on their site, and you put in your in- you give them your contact information, your email address, your phone number, all those things. And you can have it set up so that they'll notify you when there's a review posted so if somebody posts a review now you can get it you can get a you can get a text message or you can get an email or whatever you want and then your responsibility in my opinion is that you need to engage with those people who are reviewing your business. So if somebody goes on site and writes a negative review, you'll be notified that it's there and then you can respond. And it's it's really important that you that you pay attention to that. So let me give you a, a for instance here. So if you're, let's say you're, um, you're looking for a hotel, you know, and you're in, in, uh, in, on your next, for your next vacation, and you look and, you, and someone recommended to you or someone says to you, you know, listen, you should go stay at this brand hotel in, you know, in Arizona or in, you know, Maryland or wherever you're going, right? And you go and you look on TripAdvisor and you see there's 10 reviews for this hotel. There's nine positive ones and then there's one negative one. Which one do you look at?
0: Well, you're going to look at the negative one, especially if it's the most recent one.
1: Right, you're going to look at the recent ones, and you're also, but if you see, if you see nine five star reviews and one two star review, human nature says I'm going to, I'm going to look at that two star review. What happened? What? Why is this person upset? So then you go and you look at that review, and that review says, "Well, I try. I went to this hotel, and it was, you know, really loud, and I never got any sleep, and." Um, I just it was uh, I, I was really surprised. I thought this place came highly recommended, and um, I just it just really wasn't. I didn't have a, I didn't have a good stay. If you just read that and you say, "Oh my gosh, it's a loud hotel. I don't want to go. I don't want to stay there." You know, I need my you know I need my rest. I'm going to, I'm going to for vacation, whatever. But if you see a response from the hotel manager that says, "As we discussed when you were here, um, you know there was some construction going on across the street." And we did make every effort we could to move you to another room. We weren't able to do that. And we did apologize and we did extend to you a voucher for a, for a free meal. You know, we invite you to come back you know, in the future at a discounted rate. Now, if you read that, are you more or less likely to patronize that hotel? And I think the answer is that you are. If you see an engaged owner who cares about these things, and if you realize that, okay, what happened was out of the control of the hotel, but they tried to make it right, then you're much more likely to, you know, participate. The biggest key, though, I mean, obviously, the, the key to having a successful online reputation for any business, for any individual, but particularly with sites like online review sites is, you know, you have to have a good product. Listen, if your hotel has bed bugs. Your hotel's got bed bugs. It has nothing to do with Tripadvisor or Yelp your hotel has bed bugs. It has to be right. You know, the business has to be doing a good job, and that's part of what's happening with this. You know, new transparency and the ability of people to communicate instantaneously about what's happening. You know, in in every business, You know, regarding every business, that there's we're have this brand new, list, whole new level of transparency where the customer is more than king. You have to have a good product to
0: start with. Well, let's assume our listeners do have a fabulous product or service, okay? Let's be on the positive side. We've talked about what happens when the sauce hits the fan, and I would imagine for some people, they treat it a little bit like crisis management. They panic. They want to do something about it. They want to respond. Cooler heads need to prevail. But let's talk about being proactive. What is the best way a business can be proactive about managing their online reputation?
1: That's a great point. The first rule is that you don't get to be off the grid. A lot of folks say, and businesses look at it this way, and they think, "Okay, well, I can't get in trouble for writing a crazy tweet if I'm not on Twitter, right? I can't get in trouble for writing a, a strange or um, or misunderstood post on Facebook if I'm not on Facebook." The idea is that, okay, I'm just going to steer clear. And you hear it a lot of, from a lot of individuals. they say oh i don't do any of that stuff you know i don't worry about my online reputation because i'm not online well that's a big mistake it's a big mistake because you have to engage with the online community because you need to have build what i call the your reputational firewall so every business should have a website we know that's that's old news, you know, most, almost every business has a website. I mean, if you're not engaging with your clients, technolo- using the technology of the times right now, you're, you're, uh, you're in big trouble. But you also need to have the listings on the top online sites and the top social media sites. You know, you want to have a listing on LinkedIn, you want to be on Yelp, you want to be on Twitter, you want to be on Facebook, because those are high authority websites that will track high on search results. And that, and those are pages online and listings online that you can control so you have control over what you say on twitter and listen twitter is one of the biggest websites in the world and so if, if there's a the name your you know the name of your company is your twitter handle and that's your corporate twitter account it's going to be on page one just like your website just like a facebook page just like your linkedin page i mean in, in most cases obviously there's certain some situations where that might might not be the case and the the real the, the reason you want to do this is that you want to have that if you just register your business on the top social media sites, you'll probably, you know, at least half of the first page of search results, maybe more. And, you know, you want so, – so you have control over how you're viewed, you know, where, when, when 90% of the people come and look for you. And um, it's just really – it's really critical that you do that. And the thing is, is that what happens is most people when they go online, when they're searching for, searching for a business – they're usually looking for something really simple. You know, what's the phone number? What's the address? You know, how to, what are directions? What are the hours? You know, are they going to be open? You know, I'm on my way home from work, and I want to stop at this, at this, you know, restaurant or this retail store or whatever. I just want to contact them. And most people, when they're searching, they're just looking for something like that. Now, if they can't find that information quickly, then they're more likely to either, you know, number one, not patronize your business, which we don't want, a number two, keep digging, and you know. when people start digging online, that's when they start to come across the stuff we probably don't want them to see. If they're looking for an individual. All I'm trying to do is find this doctor or lawyer's um, phone number so I can call him and possibly throw some businesses way. But I can't get his. I can't find his phone number. I can't find his direct line. I can't find his address. So now I'm on page three of the search results, and now I'm seeing that night in college that the doctor or lawyer doesn't want anyone to see so you have to build your reputational firewall that's the first critical thing
0: to do and so if i understand you correctly this reputational firewall is having a presence on these major sites so that you can control at least the, the first half of the page on a internet search engine is that correct
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you, if, you, if you think about it, people spend more time on Facebook than any other place. It's the highest authority website out there. There's more people, you know, people spend, spend more time on Facebook than they do on Google. And um, just to give you an example, and this is one thing I put in my book, when doing my research um, for my book, How to Protect or Destroy Your Reputation Online. When you search for uh, Warren Buffett, and we all know who Warren Buffett is, right? One of the richest men in the world, the Oracle of Omaha, all that stuff – you go and look at his, on his search results, just type in Warren Buffett into Google, and like the third or fourth thing or second or third thing, whatever it is, is going to be his Twitter page. And, you know, last time I checked, Warren Buffett's been on Twitter for about four years, and he's tweeted exactly eight times. He's got millions of followers. He very infrequently posts the information on Twitter, but it outperforms his bio page on, on the Berkshire Hathaway website. So just being on Twitter – Gives you control. So when when somebody goes on your Twitter page, they see information that you're posting. Now, if you post something ridiculous on Twitter, then they're going to see that. But if you're just posting normal stuff, then you're not going to have any issues.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, you may not realize this, John, but about half of the audience that's listening is from the UK. And I think they may have some concerns about expectations of privacy, which in the US is probably not quite as high as it is overseas. And this does start to, especially when you're talking about Facebook, because they change their privacy rules like some people change their underwear. It's ridiculous. So talk a little bit about expectations of privacy and online reputation management.
1: Those are a couple of really interesting things. I mean, first, just to talk to, to the folks in the UK, I mean, they've, they have in, in Europe, they have uh, something called the right to be forgotten. Have you heard about this?
0: Yes, I have.
1: So the right to be forgotten is a fascinating, a fascinating uh, rule of law that came into play about, I guess now about two years ago. They've essentially said in the in um, in, in Europe that you can petition Google under this right to be forgotten and ask them to take to, to remove things from search results. And so they uh, and and it's it's happened now, you know, thousands of times, tens of thousands of times, probably even more, um, where individuals have some things posted and maybe it's something from their their past or something that happened to them when they were younger and um you can actually reach out to google and ask them to to uh to de-index things and they're actually they've been they've been doing it now for about for about two years now in the united states um you know there's some people who would i think would love for that that rule to you know to to hop across the atlantic in the united states but we have something different which is called the uh, first amendment and um it protects, you know, it protects free speech for us, but also it enables the media and enables other people to, you know, to, to publish information more, uh, more freely. So I don't think we're going to get the right to be forgotten in uh, in, in the United States. But privacy is really an interesting concept. I mean, I, th- I think that we all need to, uh, honestly, is operate without. Feeling as though we have none, you know, and as and, and not believing that we have free speech at all, because basically what's happening is that the you know when you say something, it's very easily easy for that to be digitally captured, not just when you write it. By the end of this year, there will be 200 million smartphones in the United States, and that's so that's 200 million phones with cameras. So it's incredibly easy for us to be captured online because basically anytime you go out in public, there's two-thirds of the people. I mean, there's 320 million people in the United States. There's going to be 200 million smartphones. Approximately two-thirds of the people, probably maybe even more, have a camera in their pocket. So if you lose your, lose your temper while you're, you know, waiting in line, you know, somebody nearby who's got a camera in his pocket who may just decide to take some video footage of that and post it online. At the same time, there's surveillance cameras everywhere now and the average person, uh, something else in my book, um, How to Protect or Destroy a Reputation Online, there's the average American is caught on a surveillance camera 75 times per day. So when you're, when you're walking down the street, we sort of think we have this, this expectation of privacy, but in major cities and small cities around the country, there are uh, you know, closed-circuit surveillance cameras cataloging us. now. Now, are they following you? I don't think so, but if you were to do something illegal, it's very easy for that to be you know captured online so I think we have to have a completely different world view, I guess, when it comes to issues of issues of privacy these days.
0: Yes, absolutely. You could become a u two star and go viral, and uh you may not necessarily want to, so uh we need to be on our good behavior for sure. Tell me about your book, "How to Protect or Destroy Your Online Reputation." What inspires you to write it?
1: A few years ago, I was dealing with an online situation for one of my one of my clients, and I, I was actually on vacation when I got this call, and I started working on this project, and. You know, when you're on vacation, you know, sometimes you have you, – you, you get time to think, you know. You're not, you're not at your desk. You're sitting, you know, you're relaxing a little bit. And I realized, you know, something that we all know. I mean, you know, anyone can, can say practically anything they want and publish it online. And I realized that there's a, it was just a huge issue. It's a huge problem. I mean, I, it's, clearly we all know that. But, you know, what do you do? What do you do when something happens to you or something happens to someone you know? So I started to uh, look into, you know, can I can I make a business out of this? Can I do this professionally? You know, because you know, you know, I have a public relations background, I have a public relations business, and I realize this is going to be more prevalent. And the more I started researching it, I found that there, was, there wasn't there a lot of information out there about what you should do and how you can handle it, deal with an online issue. And um, I have a pretty active blog, and... Um, you know, for those bloggers on the in the in the audience, see, you know, you know, you have to a blog must be fed. You know, for for your blog to be successful, you have to publish. I'd be talking to people about their online issues, and I'd learn something new, and I write a blog post about it. And then um, about two years ago, I just invited to go give a presentation, and um, I was doing an outline, and I realized, you know, if I kind of look at all these different things I've written blog posts about. This could be, you know, this could be a table of contents for a book, and so um, I just started to to research you know, more, do more and more research, and kind of cobbled together the first part of a manuscript. And uh, you know, I thought it was pretty good, and so I uh, I kind of took the next step and found a literary agent and was fortunate enough to be signed and and was able to get a get a get a book deal. And and then um, you know, last year I I finished my book and it was published in uh, October.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, we're definitely going to have a link to your book, How to Protect or Destroy Your Online Reputation, on the episode page here at businessconfidentialradio.com so that everybody who's interested can take a look at it and and have a good reference tool for managing their own reputations because it sounds like it's going to keep getting more complicated as we have more and more online tools and opportunities for all our customers and clients to be so Terribly transparent, so monitoring it is going to become a challenge. Speaking of which, how often do you recommend somebody keep tabs on this? Is this going to be somebody's full-time job? Well, I
1: think for some businesses, I mean, the one thing that's really important to, to look at is that, you know, when it comes to things like online reviews, I think it's something that you need to be on top of. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people get business from it. You know, I mean, a lot of there's a lot of companies out there that. A lot of you know, small businesses and restaurants and that and uh, small you know, hotels and properties like that that have gotten tremendous boost from from online review sites. For some reason we, we wanna believe that, you know, the only time people go online is to complain. But it's not true. You know, I mean and, and you just look at the ratings and, and it, it'll it'll tell you the truth. I mean the average ratings on sites like TripAdvisor and Yelp they're they're not they're not all one star ratings. You know, they most, most many businesses are Five star or five star businesses because they treat their their customers right, but I think it's important that you know that you regularly check it from a business perspective and from it as an individual too. I mean, you know, type your name into Google every once in a while and see what comes up. Most of us, thankfully, I think, are, are, don't have much to worry about. I mean, but you, you never know when something you know when something could impact you in a in a in a negative way, and so you need to you need to stay on top of it. I mean, I would say once a month for an individual. And I would say for a business, it should be, you know, weekly at uh, at the at the outside, and perhaps more frequently if you're dealing with you know regular flow of customers who are going to be are going to be posting their their comments and their opinions of your business.
0: Very good. This has really been fascinating, John. You've written an amazing book, and I'm sure it's going to help a lot of our listeners protect their most valuable asset, their reputation, for their personal one as well as their business. So as I said, we're definitely going to have a link to it on businessconfidentialradio.com. But I'm curious about you and your background. Can you give us some insight on who or what influenced or helped you in your career? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I've developed
1: kind of into a, a, an entrepreneurial sort. I've been in the public relations business for, um, for a number of years but I've run my own, I've been running my own business now for, um, for many, for many years. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm always, I have a a high level of, you know, intellectual curiosity about, about business and about, about my industry. And, and so I'm, I'm always looking at kind of what's next and what's coming. And I think it's part of, part of my responsibility as a consultant to be able to explain to my clients, you know, what's coming next. And, um, I just I, I like to I like to look look into the future and see try to see what I can see and when it came to these online issues I I, I realized very quickly very early that this is this is something that's just you know that's it's it's not going away it's only going to get more complex and you know we have to uh, we all have to uh, you know have, have to have to do it and I I'm just a, I'm a and I'm a real big believer in um, you know in 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 trying, in looking at, at new ways, you know, to, to do business and looking for new revenue sources and looking for new, um, you know, for, for new ways to, to try and grow and expand your business. I think a lot of people are very um, risk averse and uh, one thing that I think is, uh, and, and obviously, you know, we all, we were all risk averse, but I think some people are afraid to fail and they confuse the fear of failure with risk and they're, they're not, they're not the same thing. And, uh, I'm just, I'm just a big believer in, in, in trying new things, you know, don't, don't bet the farm on the brand new thing, but, you know, try new things because it can make a big difference in your, your business life.
0: Well, I'm glad you decided to try new things and strike out by populating your blog with all these wonderful posts that later were transformed into a book so that, we can all be more informed and make better decisions as far as managing our online reputation because it is essential. It's not going away. Like you said, it's going to get more complicated. Thank you so much for your time and this powerful advice that you've shared with our listeners. It's really excellent information to help keep our businesses strong and to protect our careers and our success. So thank you so much for being a guest on Business Confidential Now.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Thanks.
0: Thank you for joining me today. You can get more information about today's guest and the show notes on our website, Business Confidential Radio.com. And connect with me on social media. I'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel Kelchner will be back with more business information and inside scoop you need to succeed in your business. Till then,